Hey there, PDX Real Estate Podcast listeners. Before we get into today's show, I've got a real quick announcement for you, and that is that my company, TTM, is still looking to buy fixers and teardowns all over the Portland metro area, even in this post-corona economy that we have going on right now. So if you have anything that comes across your desk that may not fit the retail market, we'd love to hear from you. All you got to do is go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com. There's a contact us tab, fill out the information, submit it to us, and we'll give you a call. Or if you'd like to, just call us at the office, 503-224-6200, and we'd love to chat with you about the property. Now, let's get into the show. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. Okay, we're live. I don't see it yet, but we're live. Hey guys, it's Friday. It's 11.05. We beat last week's by four minutes. We're getting better at this, but uh, we got a great show this week. We've got a repeat guest, but a guest that everybody knows, and I'm sure they're happy that's on the show. Before we get into who that is and give them a proper introduction, I'll welcome my co-host to the show. What's going on, Joe and Steve? Hey, Tuck. Hey. How are you? Hey, Kurt. Kurt, you got to give him an intro. <laughs> One of our favorite regulars. Did you watch, I don't know, and it's okay if you didn't, Kurt, but in, in our 100th episode, we filmed, uh, the three of us last summer in Tucker's uh-huh. backyard, we, uh, we were going through our favorite guests and, you know, the, the regulars, and, and your name came up, and, and we, uh, we, get, we applauded you, and we said, you're the most professional, you've got your microphone set up, you're natural on <laughs> the mic. I, we, I will admit I missed the episode, but several of my staff members made me sit through clips of it. So I did, I awesome. did catch wind of it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, so uh, let's get right into it, Kurt. I mean, just start telling us a little bit about what you guys have going on. <clears throat> so it's been like a billion years since I was a guest last time. Does anyone remember what we talked about last time? Mm, good question. Um, I don't. <laughs> RMLS related stuff, I'm going to guess. I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that I know last week you guys went over CC8 with Jeff, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, We've had several large releases um, that have had, um, you know, a a varying degree of reception. Uh, We had the Inrix release, which not a lot of people are talking about, but a lot of people are using it. And for those who don't know what Inrix is, Inrix is a kind of a cool corporation that collects um, like geolocation data from your cell phone and from OnStar and a million different locations. And uh, they're able to tell like, they're able to tell really cool things that are not useful at all. Like they can tell you when it is the most likely every year that there will be a mattress lying on a freeway because they can see when all the cell phones stop moving on freeways. Uh, And it turns out that it is right around, I think it's May 29th is the day, like on average, that's the day because all the kids are moving into college and their parents suck at tying knots. 
and they end up dropping or not May 29th, it would be like September. But at any rate, the date doesn't matter. That's kind of the thing. And they got their start doing things like selling, um, selling data to um, billboards, billboard companies, so that someone who's renting a billboard would know do I like, are people moving fast enough that I need to make this two words, like just diet Coke, or can I put a message on there because traffic sucks so bad in downtown LA that they have time to read an entire paragraph. Mm -hmm. um, and they take all of that data now. And with us, they allow you to do using our map search or advanced search module. You can actually determine drive times from specific locations. So if you have a client, for instance, that says, you know what, I have to be within 10 minutes of mom at this elder care facility. Well, boom, it'll draw the shape based on historic traffic patterns. And you can search within that. And you know, within a reasonable estimation that you're going to be within five minutes of mom's elder care facility. But it could be work. It could be a, you know, a daycare for your child. It could be the church that you go to routinely. Um, but the coolest thing, and the thing that I think most people miss out on, is that it could be more than one of those. It could be two. So you want to be within five minutes of mom and within 15 minutes of work, and you put both shapes and you can search just the overlap. So That's just cool. the shape that matches both of those. What does, does it, I mean, because we all know there's a big difference at 5 p.m. on Monday through Friday time, Saturday at noon. I mean, does it average the two or can you put times in? Yeah, it's one of the searches is you get to pick the time that you're looking for. So you can say, you know what, I want to be within 15 minutes of this spot on the map, but I want it to be when I'm arriving at 5 p.m. or wow. I'm leaving at 8 p.m. or something like that. Like you have a, a pretty wide, varied control over that. Um, and, you know, the thing is that no one talks about the fact that that in a day and age where the consumer is starting to feel like they're the ones in control of the search, mm -hmm. it, really, it really allows a neat niche market where the realtor can step in and go, hold on, like I'm the true master of this. Let's start mm -hmm. talking about lifestyle. Let's start talking about some of the things that you need and let's start using the some of the tools that I have that maybe you haven't used before. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know that, you know, I think um, several of the websites now have drive time searching on them, but the consumer isn't really using it. And it really gives an opportunity for the realtor to shine like a hero. It's not going to be used in every search, obviously. I mean, there are some people don't care. And, and, and the, to be fair, probably, unless, unless they, um, at this point anyway, the consumer probably is never going to know how to use it. Because let's be real, Kurt, it takes each of us, like I haven't played with this and figured it out yet. And right. Joe, I don't know if you have, I can't speak for you. But, but at some point, it's going to take me a few hours to wrap my head around how it works. And then I'll use it for eternity, right? right? Why would a consumer go through that growing pain so that they can search for the next two months, right? right? Well, and I think that's the point that I'm making is the consumer considers themselves to be experts at search now. I know because I talk to my neighbors and my friends who are idiots 
and <laughs> they think they know everything and they're like, oh, I don't need a realtor because, you know, I can go on to Zillow and I can get all of this information. No, that's not how it works. Like it's deeper and it's more complex than that. And I think this is one of those ways to prove that. And I think that you know, you're on a podcast that we're going to tag on your Facebook wall. Right? Yeah, thank you. Please. <laughs> There's not all my neighbors and friends know that they are idiots. <laughs> Equal idiots uh, across the board. So there you go. <laughs> you know, and to back that point up, Steve, one of the things that I really wanted to promote was the fact that, yeah, look, you can take, I mean, you can do what we did and take an hour and really become an expert on drive time searching. Or you could just sign up for what we call our virtual classroom. You can get one-on-one -on -one time with a trainer uh, you just sign up on the website like you would sign up with any other class and you actually get one-on-one -on -one time to, you know, you could dive into this, you could dive into statistics, you could dive into anything you want. Mm -hmm. It's really cool and very popular for those people that are taking the time. Um, there's, I mean, they just love it. They end up signing up for another one later. Is that the, our homepage, like where we log in and we see the, is, that's where? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not master page for you guys and okay. also yeah. also on every single listing at the very bottom they have like rpr they have community schools property remind if you subscribe there was something that was like a year ago that i used to dabble with you would click on it i forgot the name of what it was called but it could tell you if you get cellular coverage at that house yeah Ooh. that was Which, called that was called shack shout yeah shack um, shout Sadly, it turns out you and I were the only ones using that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and Shack Shout lost. They forgot to renew their um, domain name. Oh, no. Um, which kind of makes me smile because we had a bunch of DNS problems earlier in the year. I don't want to bring it up and advertise it, but remember the month of, month of February and it was hell on earth for RMLS. Oh, Kurt, it's in the, it's in the questions. <laughs> you can't beat me to the punch there. <laughs> well, well good. We've already talked about it. Moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> but they did exactly the same thing. They lost their domain. And no. They reminds me of the Homer Simpson, like, don't. Yeah, don't. <laughs> and they just haven't recovered from it, so. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, like. It happens. <laughs> well, Steve, what are those questions, huh? Do you have any specific, or should we? Well, let's, okay, let's, let's start. Let's just talk about 2020. We're, we're going to go into COVID and some of the stuff you guys have been doing, but, but let's go before COVID. Um, okay. There was a time, and Kurt, we, I've, I defended you. I know, I know uh, on this show and, and there was a lot of others on our, our um, masters that defended you as well. And, you know, they're saying, look, I've been a member since the nineties when RMLS really launched and we've never had an outage like this. Um, so we have that going for you. Um, but, uh, and, and I remember we've had you on previous shows where you, that was one of your biggest things. We, we would say, what, what are you guys doing? And you'd say, not going down, not going right. down. 31 right. is never go down. Um, well, you went down <laughs> right? and quite a bit. So right. tell us what happened. I, I, I know it's moving servers or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have, um, we, we, years and years and years ago, we used to keep all of our servers at the Lloyd Center location. And we were in control of everything that we had. But the industry sort of shifted underneath our feet and everyone started using colo facilities where you use, like we were in the same facility as Intel and Warehouser, and which meant that, you know, we had, we had bandwidth 
um, that we were sharing with other companies. We had electricity we were sharing with other companies, but it was in a facility that was meant to do that. Those colo facilities, that's how they make their money is that they sell those, that server space and that rack space to companies like us. And then they take care of all the nitty gritty. Like Amazon web services, something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was we started hearing that Intel had left our colo and Warehouser had left our colo and we didn't recognize some of the names of people that were in there. And we found out through the grapevine that there was this new colo facility out in Hillsboro. Um, and they were doing a much better job of security. And they had about twice the bandwidth available of the colo facility that we had. And so, and for anyone who listened to our podcast, which I entitled The Anatomy of a Disaster, this is all going to be like second fiddle. So we, we decided, you know what, it's time to cut with the current colo. Everyone's moving out of that one. And we want to go to this one that has the latest servers and it has the latest bandwidth. And it has really excellent power backup so that we can really have a backbone we can rely upon. And we told them the most important thing is that we cannot renew our IP addresses. Like everyone has to, everything has to stay the same. And they said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not a problem. Like we do this every day, all day long. And then guess what? All of our IP addresses had to get reset, which meant that we're, we were in a weird situation for about 24 hours where stuff wasn't coming up. And we naturally blamed ourselves. So we're checking our servers, we're checking our load balancer, we're checking all of our equipment and everything's up and running, but you can't get to it. And it took us a while to figure out that what had happened was the colo had reset all of our IP addresses. So that when you type in www.rmlsweb.com, it sends you, it interprets that name into an IP address and it sends you there. Well, there was nothing there that was empty. Meanwhile, our MLS web is up and running just beautifully at a brand new IP address. And it takes a long time for the world to sort of recognize that change. Mm -hmm. So every ISP has to go back and remap all of their stuff and they have to go, oh, look at this. Our MLS web, which used to be over here, is now over here. Okay. And then slowly they start redirecting. And that's the core of what happened was we just didn't do a good enough job forcing the new colo to keep our IP addresses. Um, well, I mean, they, they said it themselves and I believe them. This is what we do. We know what we're doing. What was the disconnect there? I mean, was it, you know, <clears throat> I think that I would be speculating if I, if I said what the disconnect was, but there's, it's probably, it's probably one of these, you know, what we call the vendor handshake where the sales team wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, talking to the actual implementation team. Mm -hmm. um, now, having said that, I am not a big fan of blaming other companies. And I will tell you from this point forward, yes, RMLS will move colos again in the future. Everyone's doing it. We have to do it as, you know, sort of geographic regions get upscaled. You're going to have to move it. And the lesson that we learned is you've got to lock these people down contractually. It can't be a handshake. It has to be something that's written down and that they agree to. And then we know that gets passed on to the implementation team and the IT folks that are actually building it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why, do you, why do you say that you have to move servers again? I mean, can't they grow with you? I mean, as, as, as a, a company, I mean, I, as a company is growing and being more successful, you'd hope that you're tethered to a, a, 
I guess you call it colo. What does colo stand for, by the way? Co-location. Co-location. Okay. Yeah, so you it think just means they're, that- they're also being successful and growing and expanding their capacity and, and bandwidth. I mean, Amazon Web Services is a monster. And I, I from what I understand, all the big players are with them. Um, it doesn't seem like somebody's going to outgrow one like that. Well, I mean, I mean, you're right. It doesn't seem like it. But in 20 years, Amazon Web Services will be replaced with whatever their, you know, the predecessor is. When I say we're going to have to move again, we've moved once in 26 yeah. years. I'm talking long term, right? Yeah. So you figure, like right now, we're all using the same sort of core bandwidth. But imagine when a player like Google Fiber comes in and starts laying fiber in the city and there are really attractive colo facilities that, you know, spring up somewhere else that aren't in Hillsboro, right? They might be downtown. Um, and there's a million reasons why people might lo- move colos. Like we, for the longest time, we were offering co-location facilities to Utah real estate. So they were using our servers and we were using theirs until Utah real estate did a little bit of research and realized the whole Willamette Valley is on a fault and they're not. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they just, you know, after you learn a little bit more, you're like, forget it. We're not colo with you. We're going to go over here. So I'm not saying that we're already planning on moving again. We, we don't want to do it. We want to do it less than anyone else does. It's just that as a reasonable human being, we will have to in the future. We just learned a lot of lessons on how to do it better. Yeah. And has it been good, good since? Has it been a good, I mean, in the months oh, since? Yeah. The yeah. It's been rock solid since then. And, you know, some of the things that we were worried about, like load balancing and, and um, the response time from the staff and stuff like that, um, that has all gotten significantly better. I mean, dramatically better. Um, and this one has staff nationwide, whereas our old colo facility was in downtown Portland and was one spot. This is a series of colo facilities all around the country, which is another reason why someone might move colo just for, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. sort of scalability. Mm -hmm. Well, then I, I remember the last time, Kurt, that we had you on, I can't remember the numbers, but you said something like currently there were 800 MLSs and in, in the future, it will whittle down to if you have a professional sports team, right. you know, Portland, Portland, Seattle, yeah. you get an MLS. And yeah. I imagine as they all start folding in, um, the demand on that's going to be a lot higher. Too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, that, that sports team theory is mine and mine alone. That's not, there's plenty of people in the industry who think I'm out to lunch on that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, where are we? Uh, how many do we have uh, currently? Because I forgot the number you said. I thought it was like 800, but... Oh, it's gonna... down It's down below 700 now. So there's been a lot wow. of consolidation. People in the industry love to talk about consolidation. There's also been a few split-ups as well. Uh, but for the most part, the number of MLSs is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that just makes sense when, you know, nationwide, I think at one point, the smallest MLS had 11 users. That's not, you know, long term, that can't live. Is that a coast? Yeah, Oregon coast. No, no, the 11 wasn't wasn't here in Oregon, thank goodness. When somebody flags your listing with a complaint, you do a group text. Okay, which of you guys did? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no one, no one has a user ID. They just log in with their name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about COVID and, and the craziness. So, I mean, you guys had barely come up for air from that fiasco, if, if yeah. you had it all. I, I remind had. you. You yeah, had. Okay. Had. And then things got crazy. So um, talk about, you know, talk about from your vantage point, what you guys saw, what you felt from the early days where you, we all thought, what the heck is this? And are we all going to get closed down? And, and, and right. then... And then transition to how busy people are right now and, and, yeah. and how, that, how, that, how you guys have been addressing that. So we, our initial reaction was one that we were ready for. And if there's one thing that I'm super proud of, it's the fact that years and years and years ago, RMLS put together a disaster recovery business continuance plan that has two parts. One part gets tested all the time, and that's called an outage. And an outage is anything having to do with the system. And so we have a list of items that we must do during an outage. And then the other portion of our disaster recovery business continuance plan doesn't get tested all that much. And it's called an event. And these are things that just affect staff. So think like a snow day in the winter. Like we call that an event and we refer to our business continuance plan. And we just keep things up and running. As it turns out, having that plan was absolutely key when COVID hit. And we were super proud of the fact that we never skipped a beat. Everyone went home, they started working from home immediately. Everyone knew exactly what we were supposed to do. I had a checklist of things where I had to contact our shareholders and explain to them that I had, um, I had an, uh, basically announced an emergency. Um, and we don't call anything a disaster unless it's both a system outage and an event that affects staff. So we never got to disaster level, but we got to the highest level of event that our disaster recovery plan calls for. And we reacted beautifully. I mean, there, we never had a minute of missed help desk uh, calls. Uh, training pivoted almost immediately. Um, and we were ready to go. Like we knew exactly what to do. But then that's sort of the short term answer, right? Then you get into the long-term answer where you're in week two of a global pandemic and you begin to realize we've never done this before. <laughs> we don't have an idea of what realtors need or appraisers need or anybody needs during this time period. You have sort of that knee-jerk reaction where you're trying to share as much information from Governor Brown or Governor Inslee as you possibly can. But then you've got questions like, well, does anyone want additional stats? <laughs> we don't know. So we just started collecting daily stats. So like if you go into our statistics module, there's miscellaneous statistics. And at the bottom, you can look at daily stats of new listings just so that you can see in your area how things are reacting. And, you know, that's one of those things where it's like we don't, we don't do this routinely, as you all know. None of you have done this before either. So we just started making up things as best we could. Um, the one-on-one -on -one training sessions was something that we made up. And I will say it's been, it's been a really good testament to the fact that our MLS is tied in with some top-notch MLSs. And we talk basically weekly about what are the best practices, what are you guys doing, what could be done, you know, over here and and that sort of thing. Everything from staffing issues to realtor issues. 
Hey, what were the data points that you guys were keeping? New listings every day, which obviously was an interesting one. It still is, really. But were there any others that you were like, eh, that might be something that, you know, now that we're in this crazy world, people might want to see? You know, you're asking the CEO. I haven't the foggiest notion. Okay, we'll <laughs> table that one. Uh, we'll I think we should else. table that one. And to be perfectly honest, I think that's exactly the type of thing people should call the training department for. Like they will walk you through and get you the information that you need for your area. Because uh, I, know, I know there's a ton of cool stuff out there. Yeah, because I know we were like, I mean, I, I don't personally utilize, uh, you know, RMLS every day, but you guys do, Steve and Joe. But that was a time period. I think it was a good thing you guys did it because that was a time period where I was continually looking for data to find clarity of like, what in the world is going on right now and which right. direction are we going? Now it's, it's a little clearer, you know, because we've right. got quite a bit of data in the rear view. But in that moment, in that month, I mean, we talked about it, guys, multiple times. We were just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, you know. So. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things um, that you guys are going to mo take moving forward that you've learned from this that will be long term? And, and once this is over, you'll, you'll, go, you'll say to yourselves, thank goodness that happened because now we do X. Yeah. So one of the things is the one-on-one the -on -one training sessions is a slam dunk. Like that's mm -hmm. easy. People love that. Um, I will Zoom? Also I'm assuming that, Zoom, Kurt. What's that? Zoom? You guys use yeah, Zoom? Yeah, Zoom or Ring Central, either way. Okay. Um, our phone system is built on Ring Central, which is basically the same thing as Zoom. I think they're owned by Zoom, but I don't know that for certain. Um, and then internally, we've started, like every other company that I know of, have started really relying on Microsoft Teams um, because with staff working from home, there's got to be some way for everyone to get together and sort of coordinate. Um, both of those I see sticking around. Now, let me be perfectly clear. I do not see staff working from home uh, full time from this point forward. I know that like Zillow has made an announcement that they no longer have a corporate office. Everyone's just gonna work from home. Through the end of the that, year, I think. Through the yeah, end of the year, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's a mistake. I'm gonna get everyone back in here as soon as I can because there's corporate culture things that need to happen. There's trust issues and things that start to develop. Mm -hmm. um, but our staff has proven they can work from home reliably. So I can't imagine that we won't be more lenient when it comes to people working from home. You know, my kid's sick and I need to, uh, I need to work from home. Well, that's way easier now that we've all done it for months on end. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure that this math is appropriate, but I think it's been about 267 months at this point. It feels like it. So I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I try it with two little kids. I think it feels like 567. <laughs> right, months, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere in between there, but you know, I just um, want to point out to everybody that Tucker's never worked from home one day through this pandemic. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a story to be told there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are still working from home. Now, are you at home right now, Kurt? Or are you in your office? No, I'm in my office right now. And I actually come into the office every day. But to be perfectly honest, I only live like five minutes away. So I have worked from home a few days, but we are offering lockbox service now using our elevator. And so two staff members have to come in, one to deal with the mail and one to do, you know, sort of last minute lockbox purchases. Um, and those I consider to be, you know, what Kate Brown would call minimum business activity. Um, but if they have to be here, then I feel like I have to be here. Like if something goes wrong, someone has to be here um, to sort of make that call. But 
I'm not here every day. I'm just here most days. Mm-hmm. And that's another big thing, Kurt. Let's talk about that. The um, you guys moved offices in the last. That's year. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we haven't Closer had an awful us. lot going on or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are no longer. In case no one knows, we are no longer out at the airport. Do not go there because there's no one there to help you. Uh, we moved down to Tigard, right off of 72nd Avenue, right across from the Oregon State Bar, right across the street. It's yeah. amazing. Your office is. I was so impressed. First of all, to go to Tigard versus all the way down to the airport oh, yeah. is so much better. Yeah. And uh, I guess, uh, is there one in Washington too that's closer yeah. to you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. But your own personal office is massive. It's like five offices in one office. You guys have that training facility that's amazing. Yeah. The conference room that is amazing. Yeah. And uh, you gave those like little glasses cleaners, the little uh-huh. microfiber. Oh, yeah. Those are yeah. awesome. I took I one love of those. those glasses cleaners. Yeah. I'll tell you the story of moving in here was one that was actually kind of funny because we, um, you know, we came and we toured this location and it was such an exact match of what we were looking for that we were able to assign people's offices in the first walkthrough. Like this used to be the office for Perlow Construction. And um, there was a little bit that needed to be done in order for the boardroom to exist um, and a few other things like for our podcast studio and stuff like that. But for the most part, nothing had to be changed. We were like, perfect, 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 perfect. And, you know, when you find something like that, it's hard not to jump at the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great location. It's kind of like Meadows Road. Um, I mean, you're really three minutes from there without the right. premium pricing, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You go across the freeway over into what I like to call rich people territory. Uh, <laughs> prices go through the roof. Yeah. But over here in poor man's land, we're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's right there. It's right there. Yeah, you're so close to everything. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we, when we moved to the airport, I may have told this story on your podcast before, but I hope not. When we moved to the airport, um, the then VP of operations and myself made a horrible mistake. And what we did was we mapped out all of the offices in Portland and tried to find out where would be a central location. And then almost immediately after moving to the airport, realized nobody goes to the office anymore. They, everyone's working from their home. So this time when we moved, we did a heat map of the Portland metro area and we just plopped in everybody's home address because we have the database, we know how to do it. So we just heat mapped the entire uh, subscribership of RMLS in Portland and found out that right at the corner of, you know, I-5 and 217 is just about rock solid. Like you can, you can do that pretty easily. And this was close enough to that, that we were very happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so think you, just, you just heat mapped where you live and you just wanted to be with it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah there was it one like bright today. red spot yeah. over my house. I did count that for 14,000 additional subscribers, but you know. <laughs> now, if memory serves me correct, I think Steve's over in rich man land though too. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. He yeah, is yeah. what I refer to as a rich man. I oh am gosh. Man. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, um, premier, uh, premier property group, um, leased the space we're in in 2009 when they were giving offices away yeah and we might be going into a world that's not that different from that in the coming couple years as commercial struggles and more people Mm -hmm. work from home and yeah you might see a resurgence of of um dropping prices in rich man's land and uh, and elsewhere 
Well, and it only makes sense, Steve. Like I look around here as I look around this office complex. If you went and this, I'm not lying. This is the truth. Just two weeks ago, there were so few people in this office park that a mama deer and a baby deer walked <laughs> through this area. Like nature was reclaiming this land. <laughs> there was no one around here. And during that time, each one of these buildings was basically filled with clients that were being forced to, to teach themselves how to do out without that office. So all commercial real estate went through exactly the same thing. Like everybody is trying to figure out, well, wait a minute, do I need all this space? Mm -hmm. I may not. Mm -hmm. And I bet you're right. I bet commercial real estate prices start to see a real reset, which yeah. would be fine. And I see, I, I see moving forward personally, myself, my team, um, I could see us a couple days a week permanently being from home, you know, sure. kind of sh shaking it up a little bit, maybe Fridays from home, mm -hmm. maybe one other day. And then, and, and that's kind of a nice mix of what you said, Kurt, because I believe there's synergy, there's energy, there's collaboration when you're together, but right. do you need to collaborate every day? Do you need that energy every right. day? I mean, right. So, yeah. yeah, there's a moment that I remember months ago where the training, you know, all of our trainers sit together in this one central location and, um, Terry, who runs the training department, said, we just got word that one of our trainers is sick. And one of the other trainers stood up, grabbed the equipment and was like, I've got that one as long as someone can cover my afternoon class. That kind of stuff takes hours when you're working from home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like 35 yeah. emails and a bunch of coordination. But when you're in the same room, you just react like everybody yeah. knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily better. There are some, you know, there are definite advantages to having people work from home. Like if I didn't have to pay for as much square footage, geez, that'd be great. But, you know, it's just like everything else in this world. It's, it's a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. Yeah. And I would, I would agree with you on, on that one thing, because we've talked to my, my team and I about like what, you know, where are we, where are we losing things by not being together? Right. And, and, and what are we gaining also? But one of the things, to, to your point, Kurt, that I think there's times when if you're all together, maybe, I, and RMLS is a great example. Maybe I'm doing a search for a client. I'm working with one of my people and we learn something minuscule. I'm not yeah. talking about a monster thing. By the right. way, I did send an email to my team about um, Enrix or whatever it's called. Um, That's right. Saying this is a monster thing. We need to start using this. <laughs> that, that, but I'm talking about something minuscule. You might actually say that to people and go, hey, did you know this? Whereas maybe it wouldn't warrant picking up the phone or right. sending an email. Absolutely. So there's, yeah. there's little things that, mm -hmm. that by being in the same proximity that you share that, yeah. that get lost when you're not. <clears throat> well, and one of the things that we've found, and we're not alone. I mean, it's every MLS. I talk to the MLS Align guys once a week. And what we've found is that we're surprised at how many decisions get made in the break rooms and the hallways. It's not necessarily in the meeting. It's yeah. the stuff that happens sort of outside the meeting. It's sort of like going to a conference. All the conversations that take place in the hallway are just as valuable as the meetings that you go to. And if you're working from home, there's zero hallway conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. 
That's I mean, so I think so I've true. come up with every good idea we've had hanging my head in Dan's office and be like, what do you think about this crazy idea? Right. right. And then it turns into something. So right. that, hence why I like having yeah. an office so much. Well, and that's one of the things that I've noticed um, at RMLS is that doesn't happen. It's that moment, Tucker, right? Like someone has a crazy idea and they trust their coworkers enough to say, I've got something weird. Let's think about this. Right. But do you really pick up the phone or type it out? Yeah. God, typing is hard. I'm not going to type that out. I'll just think about it later. And maybe I'll talk about it if I ever go to lunch again, which would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <it> yeah. <clears throat> talk to us. You guys have been doing changing your interfaces a lot, Kurt. Talk to yeah. us about that. So I think that was one of the things that I mentioned the last time I was on here is that, boy, it's been... It's been years people have been punching us in the face over what they say is a dated look and feel. And traditionally, you know my answer. My answer was always, hey, no one complains about the look and feel of a website that's down, right? <laughs> <laughs> it right. must mean that it's up and running. And no one complains about the look and feel of a website that's slow, which means that it must be fast enough for them. So now we've gone down the line to, um, you know, good looking or not. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until, I, I would say, 2018 that the pain point got high enough that I went to the board of directors and said, look, we need a graphic designer. Like, we need someone whose job it is to specifically focus on this. And as you know, that started off with a consultant who went around and interviewed all of our constituents and found out that if you have 14,500 realtors, you have 14,500 opinions. Like there's every single one was a little bit different and everybody had a slightly different priority. And so the one thing that we took away from it was that a large portion of our subscribers were getting frustrated with the fact that our reports looked like something that someone typed out on a 1970s typewriter. Um, and I don't disagree with them. I mean, our reports did look old, but reporting isn't something that you get around to revamping unless you have a graphic designer. Um, and we hired our new graphic designer, Kylie, in 2019. And that was the first thing that she got to work on. Is, and the first re sort of release that she was involved in was the client reports, um, which went over beautifully. Mm -hmm. But just like any other release, we learned a lot of valuable lessons. Like we released those client reports and then forgot to make them available for in-progress listings. Oops. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, we're, uh, we're a company made up of administrators and programmers and executives. We don't do the job. <laughs> we're not realtors. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had to, we sort of had to back that up and go, geez, in-progress listing, that actually makes the most sense. That should be a part of it. With every release, we learn valuable information. Meaning, meaning you, you, when you made the change, it only impacted new listings. The ones that were already active stayed the same? No, I mean that if you were sending, like emailing out an in-progress listing to your customer, it went out on the ugly report instead of the new pretty report. Got it. And we didn't <laughs> even notice because, yeah. you know, that's, uh, there's only about a million different touch points to RMLS web. Yeah. And we didn't even think about that one. Got but it. Luckily, uh, someone from Hassan company was like, you know, what would be great <laughs> if I could look better earlier in the process. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> What's been the feedback, Kurt? 
so everybody loved the client reports. Uh, overwhelmingly, people were in favor of that. And then when we changed the agent reports, everybody got hurt. <laughs> like there was a whole new contingent of people that got angry. Um, and part of that we've received. And when I say a whole new contingent, like keep in mind, we're talking 14,000 subscribers. To date, we've received 326 change requests, which isn't a lot. I mean, it is a lot if you're the one receiving them. But if you think about the entire subscribership, there's a vast majority of people that are either ambivalent or happy with it. What's a change request? That means they say, we think you should do X. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so what we do is we get, it doesn't matter if you talk to a staff member or you submit a bug report, which is perfectly viable, or you send an email to a staff member, um, or you even call the help desk. We compile all of that data into something that we call an enhancement request. And those enhancement requests we meet routinely to sort of go through the entire list and of those, we figured, well, this one's a training issue. They just sort of blew it. This one is a bug. It needs to be fixed immediately. And this one is an enhancement request and it needs to be tallied with the other enhancement requests. You know, What's the craziest how- one? Uh, I mean, if you don't mind sharing. Um, I don't know if it's crazy, but back when we were really focusing on look and feel, uh, someone submitted the, a bug report that said, I don't mind 99% of the system. I just wish it were purple. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, there you I don't go yeah. thanks a lot kurt thank you for doubting <laughs> me on that we'll, we'll wait for another tally. sorry joe i i didn't i didn't use your name yeah. <laughs> yeah, i outed myself uh you know what's interesting uh i fill out all of those surveys and mm-hmm. i'm i don't know how many people do it but pmar sends one out or mls sends one out and it's like look if we're the end users and this is good information that you need to know, I'm going to take the time to fill it out. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious what the response is on those, not necessarily what the answers are, but I filled out a couple RMLS surveys that I felt like I was getting waterboarded. It's like, well, I got to cancel my next two hours because this <laughs> survey never ends. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know where you are in the process. You're just kind of, it's like, yeah. That one that you're referring to is our subscriber satisfaction survey. And I will admit it's long and it takes a while, but we only do that one once a year. Um, And we will never stop doing that. Uh, The the main reason is because I've seen several of my counterparts stop. Uh, They just stop surveying their subscribers. And that's just dangerous. Like I, I, you know, yes, it's, it's great information, first of all. But it's painful. It's hard to hear sometimes. But I think that's our job. That's what we get paid for. We get paid to hear the hard stuff. Um, So yeah, I would say our response rate, we shoot for 20% response. So we send it out to 14,000 people, we will, um, you know, we will accept 1,004 or 2,800 is our goal. They say statistically 10% is a reliable model. So I just double that and go with 20%. And I assume that 20% is a representative sample of how people feel out there. Um, but the last few years, if you're paying attention, you'll notice we're struggling to get 20% because people hate filling out surveys anymore. Um, and we have to give away free lock boxes. Like we're doing all kinds of stuff just to get that last, like kick it on in the driveway, get 20%. Do you get mm-hmm. to capture like, let's say someone 
took time and filled out the first 12 of 45 pages of that survey <laughs> and then bugged out. Would right. you get that information? Or yeah, I believe we on? do. I believe we do. Okay. I've looked through Good the question. Excel spreadsheet for years and years and I always see there's, it's like, it's obvious they quit. They gave up, <laughs> but they got the, they, you know what? We got the first 12 answers. Good on them. Do you warn on the survey how long it probably will take? Uh, no, but we're going to from now on. That's a really Yeah, that good might point. help too. Because yeah. I could see what you're saying, Joe. Like yeah. you, you're like, oh, I got 20 minutes before my next appointment. And you start doing it and you're like, holy smokes, I need it longer. Right. And you just shut out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe uh, it, you know, opinions and noses. Uh, everyone has one. They usually smell. That's the I've, the I've heard that version. about a different body part, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say one. Yeah. yeah, they usually stink. So uh, I wonder, uh, so, you know, that segue of maybe more surveys that are shorter, like once a month or, you know, just, hey, what do you think about these? So many items, it should yeah. take five minutes. Yeah. And then maybe you could build that back up to 30 or 40%. Yeah, we're going to, I mean, we're going to explore it. The problem is, is that you end up with fatigue at that point um, where people are like, God, I just took one last month. I'm not taking another one. So I know of a couple of MLSs that did that where they do short micro surveys, but there's no way you get 20% when you do those. You're, you're looking, you're, you're lucky to get 10, you get seven or 8%. And now you're getting, you're getting information that isn't representative samples. And you wonder every time you wonder like, Oh, yeah. How close These, are we? This, this is only from people who take the time to fill out the survey. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The busy population that doesn't yeah. have time. Yeah. Still in real yeah. estate. Well, yeah. and that's, that's the thing is point. if you send out micro surveys during July and August, uh, you're getting the newbies who are replying because yeah. those people that are working, uh -uh, right. they don't they don't care about you right now. Maybe in November, December. Yeah. Same for the same for the open houses where you say, "Hey, I'm serving food." You know, everybody that comes. <laughs> comes for lunch is not the person that's going to sell the house. <laughs> so I'll tell you, Kurt, um, first of all, good for you guys to get a designer. I, I blown away. You guys didn't have one before. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think in, in everything we do as in marketing and armless and websites, I think look and feel is just as important as content. Yeah. Um, or very close to it anyways. So I love it. Um, you know, for me, I'll tell you, new is hard. It always mm -hmm. is. Change is hard. I like to, I personally, when with the first time I saw the agent full, I was like, oh, what is this? And I'm looking around and I'm struggling. And we all hate that feeling. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, you feel like you're, you're, especially on a busy day, you feel like you're being taken back. Right. I don't think it's appropriate to complain at that juncture because I think you have to, to be fair to you guys, you got to give it some time. Yeah. Once you've used it for a month or two or three or whatever, and you and and no longer is that pain there, right. that's when I think you can start to give yeah. legitimate feedback. So I've well, tempered it, it, any I, opinions I have about it, and I still don't have opinions. I think I'm still in that phase of trying to figure it out. And right. you know, somewhere down the road, I'll have. Well, I have two two quick reactions to that. One is we want as much feedback as possible. Like we're trying to gather. So if anybody has um, questions or they think it could be done differently or they think we blew it on placement of fields, um, we're sending emails to Beth, B-E-T-H dot R 
at rmls.com. She's our new product manager. Right about the same time, just a little bit before we added our graphic designer, we also added one nose to punch product manager, which is Beth. And she's been doing a great job collecting all of that information. So we want all, we want all the feedback that we possibly can get. We want to hear from everybody. But I'll tell you my favorite tip for everyone, because a lot of people have called me and said, I can't find X field. Where'd you move days on market, right? Control F is your best friend. <laughs> Control F brings up the find function in any browser. I don't care if you're using Firefox or Chrome or Edge or Brave or any of them. Control F brings up find and you just type in the words you're looking for and you'll find it. Like it'll highlight awesome. it on the screen. Um, I've, I've mentioned that several times to a bunch of people and that really saves their bacon when they're looking. Usually it stays on market. Um, that seems to have been the one that moved the furthest, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe that one's just more important than we thought. Where is it? It's up top. Days on Market is up towards the top now. There it, it is. To be oh, wow. The, you yeah. Got, yeah. You put it, that's kind of like in the, uh, the, the A position spot. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was an important field that was buried below. And one of the things that we heard from our subscribers was put the most important stuff up top. Don't make me memorize where this is on the page. Well, we did. And guess what? Everyone who had taken the time to memorize where it was on the page is now furious. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that, that's okay. That's okay. Those are growing pains. Like that's well, going to happen. But, 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 and I, I, I partly say this too, Kurt, for your benefit, because when you're hearing those frustrations, just remember it's change. Yeah. And you, you, for you, that's the challenge. Is this a real problem or is it just this guy's going to get used to it or this gal's going to get right. used to it? And then they're going to go, yeah. oh, I like it there. Or, right. So be, you guys have to kind of temper some of that feedback with the reality. Oh, absolutely. That I always liken it back to when I, I don't know if any of you were around. Joe, you might have been when we moved from the old Stellar <laughs> system to RMLS web. There were torches and pitchforks at the, at the doors and the windows. And we, the, no one wanted to go to the internet. Just leave everything the way that it was. How dare you change anything? And our system was a disaster. I mean, back then, you could search for lots and lands using price and bedroom and bathroom. That doesn't even make any sense. Like, we had a lot of work to do back then. And so people were, you know, people were angry. But usually it was because this isn't what I wanted. And you're right. That's the toughest part is to take a step back and gauge. Is this something that dies out in a month? Or is this something that in five years, people are still going to hate us? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's rough. Yeah. And you also have to quantify the complaints. So first of all, the person that calls up and complains on a system, they've spent zero time in training, zero right. time in using zero time and watching online videos and they call and say, Kurt, damn it, this thing does not have total clarity and right. it's not so intuitive that I could just use it right. effortlessly, uh, you know, with zero training. I tell you what, DOM, days on the market, it moved. I could find it faster than I could call RMLS and have someone tell me what section of the right. page. Yeah, I mean, there's true. a little bit of it's forward true. thinking <laughs> If there's anything I don't know how to do, change the guts of a toilet or right. do something, I mean, I Google it and I YouTube it. Right. And then if I can't figure it out, I, I ask smarter people than myself, but I at least give it that effort. Right. And I don't think those complaints are really valid if someone doesn't take the time 
to invest in their own career and master their craft. They're just calling and bitching for the sake of, I don't know where this is and I don't know right. where that is. And how do you do this? Yeah. It's i uh, I'm sure that's a large percentage of them. It, it is. It is. And, and an ever increasing percentage, like one of the things that I'm bonuses. constantly reminding staff is that software used to come with a manual. You think you remember back when we, we would install software and it always had a huge manual that people had to read through to learn it. Well, software doesn't come with a manual anymore because software has to be immediately obvious. <laughs> like you create it and everyone has to be an expert at it immediately. Yeah. But that's really hard to do with an MLS system that's dense and has a ton of information. Just model it after an Amazon order form, right? <laughs> People are great at that. What's your name? Where's your address? How are you paying? Yeah. <laughs> How many do you want? Yeah, you might have to give a bonus structure based on call volume to the help desk to keep those people around, right? <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I'm the most proud of. We have, we have like nine-year average tenure at our help desk. That's like our good. help desk technicians stick around. They are They're amazing, not, Kurt. That's yeah. Amazing. They're I, just I, beautiful people. I you can't know? say enough about those, those. And you have good... I swear some of the people that call, I call and answer the phone are the same people that were there the day I got my real estate license. I mean, yep. you've got, yep. which is, which is so commendable to have that kind of longevity. Cause I, mm -hmm. I can't even begin to imagine the, the learning curve for, for that position. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It takes forever to ramp someone up and we've had either really good luck or we just really like working with each other. Cause we've had very low turnover these days. It's been great. Yeah. I would tell our listeners, I mean, anytime you have a scenario, like you're working with a buyer and, and I think I did this recently. Cl client said they wanted to be on waterfront and, and I just called, I called the, them. I go, okay, I'll, how, walk me through. This is what they're looking for. How do I make sure that it's, it's, you know, this type of body of water, but not that type of body of water. I won't get into the nitty gritty, but they just, they, they're so good at what they, they mm -hmm. do and, and, and walking you through that. And then you, you take that forward with you forever and, and, and yeah. it just makes you a, a better agent. Hey, um, Kurt, I want to talk about a couple specifics. Um, sure. The search bar, I love the search bar. I feel like it could be a little bit better. One of the things that I've noticed, sometimes I'll put an address in there mm -hmm. and it's never been listed in RMLS. Right. And so I get nothing. Right. I wish it would pull up the tax address. So when you say search bar, are we talking on home the page. home homepage? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Now, so keep in mind that was a, that was <clears throat> in my mind, that was a relatively late addition. That was something that we put in there. We are going to put a lot of work into that. I would, Good. I would go one step further, Joe. I would say that you should be able to use that not only for listings, but also people's names. Like if I put in, you know, Steve Nassar, oh. Yeah, I should get your client response, right? Your contact information. But I might also get, if there is a Steve Nassar street, right? You know, I might get something like that or your tax record. Like that's one of the things that we have on the list is to really embellish that search field so yeah. that it becomes something that people can really rely on. Like a global tool, almost like a, yeah. Uh, like a, yeah. 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 Like right Google within. <clears throat> Like a Google within RMLS. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I'll put that address in there and then nothing shows up. Then I go to tax address and I, I, I find it. Yeah. Um, 
I think you're he, right. Adding tax record information in there probably is going to be step one, then probably client after that. But I'm just making stuff up here. That'll be up to the program. Yeah. To see what they can do. <laughs> the, the other thing that I love though, and I want to, I want to point this out and maybe some of our listeners don't know this <clears throat> in the last year, my team and I, we've started using the heck out of the watch feature. Mm -hmm. We love the watch feature. Yeah. We love that you can put notes there. Mm -hmm. One of the things we learned and, and we didn't know this, we called RMLS. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to the tax record and you click watch, you will know if it's ever listed immediately. That's right. It can yep. also text you. Mm -hmm. You can also put notes. The notes are so important because somebody, yeah. somebody one day may go, I love, you know, Oh, sometimes, you know, for example, for us, I'll give you an example. Sometimes on Zillow, they show pre foreclosures or for right. homes going into foreclosure. Yeah. Somebody will call and they'll go like, I like that house. You know, we, we go into the tax address. We set it on a watch. We put a note. Joe Schmo is very interested in this house. The second that thing is listed, we see those notes, we get a text and we can be the source of information for our clients. Yeah. Other times, there's a, there's somebody who said, you know, I really like this house. Um, we're getting our house ready. Let me know what happens with, or let me know if they drop their price. Right. Right. And so you set up a watch. So-and-so likes this house. Let them know if they, it really lets you be what we talked about at the beginning of the show, Kurt, it mm -hmm. lets us be the source of the information. Exactly. Immediately we're calling them. It's so, it's not a good look for a realtor. If, if they tell us, hey, I like this house, let me know, but it's overpriced. Let me know if it, they drop the price. It's not a good look if a, a month later they're calling and go, oh, I never heard from you, but they, I noticed they've dropped the price twice now, right? So Yeah, no, that's worst case scenario. So we, I mean, we're, we're constantly on a daily basis setting up multiple watches and mm -hmm. the text feature is really handy because we all have our phones. We get an immediate text. Um, I, I'll do it sometimes on listings that I didn't get right I'll, mm -hmm. on one that i competed on didn't get sometimes they get canceled right yeah. and and you and, or expire and, and it, it's a great phone call you're like whoa let me call this guy you know yeah. they're out of contract now they didn't sell the house so okay. there's just an endless amount of usages for the watch feature mm -hmm. one challenge i'm having as of late and i talked to rmls about this and they didn't know about it and i'm i'm betting i'm not alone on this one okay for, forever I've been doing my comps in RMLS and I create a combined report. So there'll be like, I'll find the, the comps. I'll do the radius. There'll be 15 houses. Let's say I'll do a combined report where I create the client map, the photos and the history. Right. Okay. Yep. So if you're using 15 houses, it's a three page on each one. You've got 45 page report. Right. I would save that in my computer. I would also do the, um, the summary, the reports. So I'd right, have the, sure. you know, the map report, um, the, 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 the CMA summary reports. I would email both of those to the client, you know, whether it's a buyer who wanted me to send comps or if it's a listing who I'm saying, you know, especially in the age of COVID, maybe you're not doing it in person. You're just saying, Hey, here's some right. comps around you. Here's what all of a sudden, all of those are bouncing back and this, the other person's email won't allow files of that size. Hmm. And I, I talked to my IT person. He's a contract IT person I use. And he, he was, I mean, I haven't got a really good answer other than the fact that their speculation maybe during COVID 
Gmail and Google and Comcast.net, all these servers were getting so much right. bogged down. They right. had to make the allowances on, on, on boxes or on, on servers smaller. So now I'm having to go save that to Dropbox and create a link to it right. instead of sitting, sending it as a PDF. Um, I don't know that you know anything solution, about it. Steve. I got a great solution. Go for it. Um, can I share screens uh, on this, Duck? I'm sure you can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, let's just go with the descriptive version today, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, you go to I Love PDF. Until yes. RMLS compression, yeah. so you go to I Love PDF. You can merge, split, compress, change a PDF to Word, PowerPoint, Excel. Uh, you can go Word to PDF. You can change it to a JPEG, uh, a JPEG to a PDF. It's everything on this free site. It's I love, it's a heart PDF, I love PDF.com. And I have been going there with my 45, you know, 60 page reports. You just drag it over and it says we can compress it three ways like barely compress it, what we recommend, or uber compress it, and it'll take a 30 megabyte PDF and reduce it down to like 2,000. Right. Is it know? fast, Joe? Yeah, it's really fast. It um, can mess up the photos if you're putting photos in there. It can make them look rather scrunchy. Hmm. But I mean, in a, in a pinch, it's a great way of doing it. And we can always look at our algorithm too to see if we can up the compression without ruining things too much. But it's a delicate balance for us because then people complain, my photos don't look as good. Did you notice what I was talking about, Joe? Is that, am I imagining it that all of a sudden recently stuff's it bouncing? It's like uh, two weeks ago, everything you save as a PDF have just been massive. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, uh, and we should probably look at our end too because if it's about two weeks ago, that might coincide with the new reporting that we're using hmm. too. So we can look that at that might as be well. part of it too. Yeah. It could be on your end, Kurt. I mean, I, and I, when I talked to RMLS, I said, are you hearing this from other people? And, and she didn't seem like she had. So yeah, I, it hasn't, it hasn't made it all the way up to me. So it can't be very popular. Yeah. It's not on our list of uh, top 10 help desk issues. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to go back to the watch list. That was actually one of my recommendations. I'm sure me and a million other people, uh -huh. I use that thing all the time, but I'm full. I don't know how many you can use, like 50 or, but. I didn't know there was a limit. The little bar grays out and yeah. I'm like, who am I going to delete so I can save this other one? <laughs> oh no, I've never hit so my limit. We can look, no, no, very few people other than Joe have hit their limit. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a creeper. He's watching everybody. Apparently. We can look at the, uh, we can look at the limit there, but part of that is because we have to be able, like if, Every single time we send one of those text messages, it costs us a lot. So if everybody's using a ton of watch list, we have to be able to budget for that. So we have to have some sort of limits per person so that we can sort of put our arms around how much this is going to cost us every month. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the other thing is uh, maybe instead of sending the text message, maybe you log into RMLS, which I do like a dozen times a day, it seems like. And maybe you log in and there's like one of those little things like on your app, like your email. It's like, you have 12 things that have popped up since the new one. Then there's no right. more text. They right. just click on it and then they can see it. But that's the best feature. I'm super happy that's there. Yeah. And what I will say about 
the system is RMLS is, can be such an effective detailed system. If you wanted a, a 25 by 21 minimum size master bedroom with a gas fireplace vaulted with sliding glass doors to a deck, you can search for that if the other party, <laughs> the other right. realtor put that in. Right. Or for like, um, like the, the East Indian um, community, they want homes that only face east. The Asian community, I, I believe it's south. We have a place where we could say what direction the house faces. If nobody uses it, then yeah. it's, it's, it's not effective. And what I tell my, my people that I'm searching for, I say, hey, look, I can search. This thing is a, it's a Lamborghini, but if everybody isn't on board, then I'm only going to search mandatory search fields to make sure nothing slips through the cracks. Right. So it is amazing, but it's only as amazing as each person fills everything out. And when I was talking to Ryan, who used to be one of your trainers, he said mm -hmm. that you did statistics that the, the average listing gets filled out by like 60%. Right. And if, yeah. if, those that took it to 70%, mm -hmm. uh, their homes sold three weeks faster and, yep. you know, for a, a closer rate yeah. to what they're asking to. At uh, the time, we probably need to update those stats, but at the time you actually saved 30 days by filling out 20% more of the listing. Like you, yeah. your days oh. on market went down by 30 days. Now that's math. Right. It doesn't mean that if you fill out more of the listing that I can guarantee it's going to sell 30 days quicker. But on average, that makes sense because those properties are coming up in the searches that people are looking for. I mean, it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we talked with Jeff Wyron about this and I'm just curious. We don't have to go into it like we did with him, but I'm just curious if you're hearing it. Are you hearing complaints about underpriced, purposefully underpriced listings? Uh, no. That's not something that's made it to you. Well, I mean, I hear that complaint routinely, but I haven't been hearing any more of it than I have over the past five years. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming what you're talking about is somebody purposefully underprices the listing, hoping to create a bidding war, and then, you know, it escalates. Yeah. And ultimately with a number that they wouldn't take. <laughs> right. I, I know yeah. that's hard to prove. Right. It's hard to prove. And, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you pin someone down on it, they're always going to say, well, the homeowner was on board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, now my hands are tied. It's not my job to tell the homeowner what to do or the realtor. I feel like that's the new coming soon, though. In, 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 I mean, the, some of the same methods are being used to lead generate that way and to take other possible. people's buyers. Yeah. <clears throat> So it, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that one. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I had a, I had a question. Um, so, so to answer your question, uh, Kurt, yes, I am a, a dinosaur. I have, <laughs> I, I started when RMLS started uh -huh. in 91. So I've seen Altera. I've yeah. seen wildfire. I I've loved seen wildfire. All, yeah, I, me too. I, yeah. I have seen it all. And so Paragon's throwing their hat in the ring, which is a lot like Willamette Valley, or it is the same platform. Yeah. So I know you've been working on it and I'm a beta tester for it. I, I haven't done much with it yet, but uh, 
what does that look like? When do you think it will be available? Um, additional cost? Is it one or the other or both? I mean, what can you tell us about Paragon? So thank you. I really wanted to talk about this because this is something that I don't think RMLS subscribers know enough about sort of the history of it. So you did a good job setting that up. If you go back in the day, multiple listing services used to have this thing called front end of choice, which meant that we took care of the database, right? It was our job to do the fields. It was our job to do rules and regs. It was our job to do the database, but it wasn't necessarily our job to do the software that accessed that database. And when we moved over to the internet, MLSs in general made, you know, sort of a, a knee-jerk reaction that, oh, well, we can do the front end. We can do that just fine. And there's only a few of us left that build our own front end. Most of them have turned to one vendor that provides one front end, much like we have here. Um, but Greg, who is the chief technology officer here and myself, have always hearkened back to the times where each realtor had their own choice. They had the ability to choose lightning or wildfire or just plain old stellar through a terminal. They could do whatever they wanted. Um, and then they paid, you know, they paid through a menu of options. You want the elite cream of the crop? Well, you're going to pay for it. You want the free one? You, you don't pay for that. Um, and so what we did is we approached Paragon several years ago and I told them that was my goal. I want to get to front end of choice. And in doing that, we will be the first MLS in the nation to actually prove that front end of choice can still be a thing. And Paragon will be the first vendor in the nation to actually put their money where their mouth is and say, realtors will pay for this. We don't have to be all or nothing. So if you look at MLSs around the country, there are some uh, areas, California is a perfect example, where they have a choice. They can choose one front end or the other. It's not front end of choice though. Their MLS is paying for multiple front ends. So they're paying for everyone to use Matrix or they're using, or, and they're paying for everyone to use Paragon. That's not front end of choice. Um, so we started working with Paragon to actually prove that this could be a thing. So what it means is that for an extra fee, um, I think it's eight or nine or $10 a month. You could prove, you can use Paragon um, to access RMLS information and you will get all of their tools that they've developed that we have not developed because it's sort of outside the scope of an MLS to do so. So they have a lot of client collaboration tools available to them um, that if you're in a brokerage where your brokerage doesn't provide any client collaboration, a small fee per month for the software that does it would be easily obtainable. And you're getting into RMLS data. You still have all of that uh, behind you. We're still maintaining the database. It's still the same rules. It's still the same um, everything else. It's just you're using a different front end of choice to get there. That's sort of the idea. We're super excited about it. Interesting. So I belong to WVMLS, <clears throat> which is Paragon, right? Mm -hmm. So you're telling me, and that I could, and I'm not saying that I, I'm going to, but I, I could change it so that I use Paragon for both Salem and Portland. Absolutely. Yeah. With a few caveats. So at first, we don't know how to do listing load other than using RMLS web. So you could use Paragon and their client collaboration tools for both Willamette Valley and RMLS 
and you would be just fine. It's just that when you add a listing at first, you're going to have to use our, you're going to have to go back to our MLS web and use our listing input module because as we all know, the listing input module is way more complicated than anyone ever gave it credit for back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if anyone was paying attention during the upstream days, uh, we basically help them prove that that is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one th- immediate thought I have, Kurt, is I feel like you're going to get a lot more Salem people on, into RMLS. I mean, we, we may. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, th- yes, we undoubtedly will. Um, the one of they're the not learning a new language. They're like, Hey, I can use your MLS and it's exactly what I know. Right. I know yeah. how to use this. And if their barrier to entry was the fact that they didn't want to learn a brand new system, well, bingo, that's a piece of cake. There are other barriers to entry. A lot of Willamette Valley is non-realtor. Um, they simply don't qualify for our, um, our subscribership. So they can't be a subscriber of RMLS unless they join an association. Uh, having Paragon isn't going to help them one bit. But for those who are, you know, the, like the, the Salem version of Steve Nassar, yeah, it would be easy for him. He'd say, listen, it's the same system. You know what? I might as well go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, just, when I say it's the same system, him? one thing that confuses people is it's actually two different systems. So you will still need to be a member of Willamette Valley and mm-hmm. be a member of RMLS. We haven't merged with them. In yeah, no, no, no. But, but it's the same interface. Like right. right now, I use RMLS and I learned on RMLS. And then when I started going to Salem, I had to go take a bunch of classes mm-hmm. and I had to figure out how to do searches, how to do CMAs. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, literally somebody in, Sa- and, and vice versa, somebody that's sitting in Salem right now. And by the way, when, whenever I list a Salem property, I put it in both. Right. And I think that's a competitive advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. to tell your client, I'm going in, there's a lot of Portland people that would that search here and we, we're going to get in front of both. So I, I have to think there's a lot of Salem people who, who, who know Paragon and they'd be looking at RMLS and go, I didn't want to have to learn this, but boom, right. I can do that immediately without right. having to learn anything. So that's cool. And it's not just Salem people. I mean, we get a lot of people, you know, from other areas of the country that we're using Paragon and they'll call us and they'll say, geez, you could make my life a lot easier if you just let me use Paragon. Mm-hmm. And prior to this, that wasn't an option. No one in the country could do that. But we're hoping that this catches on and we can not only do Paragon, but perhaps end up offering several other front end of choices where people could take a look. And I think Remine is developing a front end of choice option where they could take a look at that and say, you know what? I don't focus on client collaboration so much. I focus more on marketing and that's going to be my front end of choice. Interesting. Yeah. I think the, the, the two issues for the front end of choice. So I'm not going to leave RMLS because I know it inside and out. I can teach it, right? Right, right. You could play Stump Joe, give me like a couple items and I can dig through tax rec. I'll find it. Right. I think it's how sexy the report is going out to the end user mm-hmm. and the little bit of big brother where, hey, this guy looked at nine listings. He favorited three. He uh, forwarded this to his spouse. There's a lot of front end choices that you have for that. And some CRMs have it built in some other things. It's just, there's, there's a kind of a easier, better looking, uh, you know, you get to look behind the curtain type of software out there and, you know, everything costs money. Mm -hmm. uh, But do I want something like Paragon or should I stick with RMLS, which I always will, but there are other front end choice. I mean, lenders uh, give it as a carrot, like here's the home scouting report and I'm providing it to you, the realtor, 
Right. You send it to your buyers. You're watching the buyers, what they're clicking on. They're watching you, right. <laughs> how many buyers you enter into it. It's, uh, it's, it's a, a big MLM game, but uh, um, I have, I, I played with Willamette Valley, but uh, not that much. And it's, you know, you go in cold. It's just like, wow, this is nothing like I have ever known. Right. And so we'll take training, but those oh, who find it, those and who find it's not it going to be for everyone. That's the key part of front end of choice is that it's a choice. Like there will be the, I, I believe the vast majority of RMLS subscribers that know RMLS web will stick with RMLS web for many of the same reasons that someone in Willamette Valley doesn't want to learn a new system. No one, no one's really amped about learning a brand <laughs> new system, but there are some people where it's good that it's worth the money because it f fills a need. And that's great. I think well, and if somebody's a brand new agent, they might ask, well, I mean, if I'm going to learn for the first time, something, which one should I learn? And maybe there'll right. be a class that gives you a little bit of high level. Here's, oh, here's what Paragon does. Here yeah. does what Armless yeah. web does. Which do you want to learn? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you on another question. Um, sure. I belong to, I'm, I'm a licensed in Washington too. Every time I want to go in and see a prospect profile or one of my listings in Washington, I have to log out and log back in. It's not a big deal. Is that, is there a reason for that? Uh, yes. And it's overly technical and I'm not sure. entirely certain okay. that I could but, explain but it. But it's, it's just, it has to be that way. Yes. It's not it possible does, to. It does have to be that way. And it's something that we're constantly evaluating. There is a bright light on the horizon where we could be able to merge those at some point. Um, we're just not there now. And it's not entirely our fault, though I will take responsibility for it. It's, you know, we're the ones who are doing it. At some point, we will get to that, that beautiful future that you can see in your mind. We just can't do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the, you know, my, my, my browser has both passwords saved, so it's, it's right. easy, but yeah. it's just something, I mean, it's the same system. It's the, well, and, and it's one of those things that we try to avoid as much as possible because you can, you can spend all day saying how it's not that big a deal, but those are daily irritants. And mm -hmm. our job is to remove daily irritants. Like it doesn't, if you just have a little something in your eye, it doesn't bother you at first, but after a few minutes, it's the only thing you can think about. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we get it. We know how one extra button click can be the most annoying thing on the planet. And, you know, we get it. We're working towards it. We just can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Hey, stuff. guys, we're, we're approaching 1220. We've been taking uh, quite Whoa. a bit of Kurt's time. Kurt, I have to say one thing. I'm so surprised we didn't get questions and comments for you, but I don't think that's you. Our, our listeners love you. I think it's because it's 85 freaking degrees out there. And yeah, everybody's exactly. doing something fun. <laughs> yeah. And Which I, I'm I think, about to go do. <laughs> yeah. Hence, why don't we have my point here? So, yeah. yeah, we appreciate you coming on and being a repeat guest. Always yeah, a wealth of knowledge. I think you guys got a, we, we aired out a couple of uh, challenges that maybe you got answers to, Steve. And Joe, we figured out that you're a, a chronic abuser of data. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> we, uh, we got that done. But uh, we appreciate you coming back on and being a guest Absolutely. with us again, Kurt. I'm always thrilled to hang out with you guys. Let me know if I can ever be assistance again. I'll come back anytime. And don't worry, Kurt, this is going to be recorded. It's on there. So they'll, when, by the way, it's raining tomorrow, I think. So that's when everyone's <laughs> going to watch it. They just won't get to yeah. comment live. So Okay, good. We'll, do, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear from them then. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, awesome. everybody enjoy the weather and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again, Thank Kurt. Thank you very much. See you guys.
Thanks again for listening to our show, and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.